On today's show, the Yankees lost to the Rays last night. We'll go through everything and talk about Nestor Cortez's performance, which wasn't up to his usual standards. We'll preview tonight's matchup in the series finale. And we'll just talk about how the Yankees have been doing lately because, oh my God, they've lost two out of three. <gasps> All next on Locked on Yankees. You are Locked on Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, Yankees fans. Happy Wednesday. Is it a happy Wednesday? Eh, not really. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias. I'd like to thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Also hit the like button and the bell so you're notified as soon as our videos go live. And feel free to comment. I've been trying to answer your comments as best as I can. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Yankees. Today's episode is brought to you by Sports Card Investor. Download the Sports Card Investor app today and easily browse over 630,000 cards from every sport, with hundreds more added each week. It's available for free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores, or go to sportsinvestor.com slash locked on. Can I admit something to you? We're all friends, right? I think we're all friends here. I didn't watch the end of the game. I went to bed with a tremendous headache and passed out around 9.40, 9.30, 9.40. Still have the headache. Not fun having the light shining in my face, but here I am doing the show for you. It's nice to see that the Yankees tried to make a comeback because when I fell asleep, it was 5-2. So that's good to see. You know, at least in these games that they've lost recently, they've made them close. You know, they've they've tried to rally. They just haven't been able to rally, which is frustrating. But the team is 50 and 18. We don't have that many complaints yet, you know. Now, the disappointing thing about last night was obviously Nestor Cortez. He seems to be human lately. And... uh only lasted four and one third, gave up four runs on six hits. No walks, three strikeouts, gave up the three home runs. Uh, I don't understand. Paredes. Paredes? How do they say his name? I heard it last night, and I feel bad I'm getting it wrong. But this dude was batting... Like, this game, the three-home run game that he had, raised his average to 209. And I know we don't look at batting average, but we do when it's that low. So what the hell? Like, why is it always a guy like that that does something like that? Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> Ridiculous. And then the Yankees couldn't do anything. Marwin Gonzalez and DJ LeMayhew got the runs batted in for the Yankees, at least, but... LeMahieu had two hits, Higashioka had one, Gonzalez had two. That was it. They had five hits. All night. Some of these guys need to wake up. It's kind of, um, I think Giancarlo Stanton needs a break or something because it's not fun watching him try to bat. 
lately. Um, yeah, it's not great. And the other thing, I'll probably get in trouble for this, but I can't stand bullpen games. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair that the Rays get to put in seven pitchers. How do you adjust to seven different pitchers? Then why doesn't every team do that all the time? It's so stupid. I can't stand it. They do this all the time. And the thing that annoys me the most is that some of these guys who were pitching last night, Armstrong and Thompson, both their ERAs are above five and the Yankees couldn't do anything against them. Really? So Cortez, four and one third. Schmidt came in, gave up a run in two thirds of an inning. He gave up the third home run to Paredes. Marinaccio pitched two scoreless innings. Lucas Leckie pitched one. So that's good. And I mean, even Clark Schmidt, I mean, what are you going to do? This Paredes guy, although it was the first pitch he threw to him. <laughs> like, what? Come on. Give me a break. And the other annoying thing, the Yankees were two for 10 with runners in scoring position. They left five on base. You know, so again, at least Marwin Gonzalez made it interesting <laughs> in the ninth inning, made it look like, oh, maybe, maybe they'll come back. But no, they did not. Cortez only threw 63 pitches in his four and one third. Actually, only. That's a lot for four and one third. <laughs> I shouldn't even say that. That's a lot for four and one third. It breaks down like this. 33 four-seam fastballs, 16 cutters, 11 sliders, three sinkers. This is according to Baseball Savant. He had nine balls in play on the cutter, seven on the four-seam fastball, none on his slider, and none on the sinker, but he only threw three. Now, the interesting thing was his velocity on his fastball averaged higher than his yearly average. His average on the four-seamer is 91.3 miles per hour, and it was averaging 92.3 last night. So maybe it's better if he throws slower <laughs> than if he throws faster. I think they'll figure out what's going on with him. I think Matt Blake will figure something out and help him out there because he had been doing well he's been sputtering lately but sometimes you have a game like that where some dude who doesn't normally hit hits two home runs off you and I believe Harold Ramirez that's his name yes he also hit a home run off Cortez he was two for four Yes, Harold Ramirez. I was right. I know their names sometimes. It's hard. You know, it is difficult knowing all these people's names um, from the other teams, especially because, I don't know, I feel like it's easier to know well-known players better. You know, we have a lot of information going into our heads. And doing this show every day, you have to remember all this stuff. And it's hard. It's difficult to remember a lot of this stuff. So the Yankees lose. Now, the series finale is tonight. We'll talk about the matchup. I know I spoke about it on yesterday's show, but we will discuss it again. And, you know, I mean, the Yankees could still win the series. They could win tonight and salvage this and win two out of three. And as I spoke about on Monday, 
if you win two out of three, it's usually better to win either the first, no, the first and last game and sandwich the loss in the middle or start off with a loss and finish with two wins. So at least, as I hit my microphone, so at least it's positive when the series ends, unlike the weekend when they played Toronto and looked really good for the first two games and then had the blow up on Sunday and that kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth, you know? So they have a chance to salvage this series. Hopefully they will. And so we will talk about the matchup for tonight, which is Jordan Montgomery and Shane Boz. But first, welcome to the world of sports cards reimagined. The sports card investor app is the hobby's most powerful resource. Quickly check the value of your favorite cards, find great deals, and profit from the hobby you love. Available completely free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores, the Sports Card Investor app is a must-have for baseball fans. You can easily browse over 630,000 cards from every sport with hundreds more added each week, plus Marvel cards. You can check the latest values of your favorite cards with 7-day or 30-day charts. You can also find the best prices and buy directly through the app with our eBay Deals feature. With the free Sports Card Investor app, you can pull out all those old cards of your favorite childhood players and see how much they're worth today. As I said last week, I looked up Don Mattingly and I found his 1984 Don Russ base card, and it was worth over $3,700. And I still have to look for my 1983 top set. It's somewhere in this house. Don't know where, but I need to find it and see how much some of those cards are worth. So download the Sports Card Investor app today. It's available for free in the Google Play or Apple App Stores, or go to sportsinvestor.com slash locked on. Thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on every platform. One live NBA draft show is not enough for Locked On. The entire NBA channel is going live on NBA draft night. So if you have a favorite NBA team, make sure you subscribe now to their Locked On YouTube channel so you get notified when they go live on NBA draft night. So before we get into tonight's matchup, I'd like to mention the fact that all three home runs that Nestor Cortez gave up the two to Paredes and the one to Harold Ramirez were off his cutter. Now, after he hit the first home run off a cutter, why on earth would Kyle Higashioka call for another cutter? I don't understand that. Someone explain that to me. The home run that... Paredes hit off of Clark Schmidt was off a 95.2 mile per hour four seam fastball that got a little too much of the plate. Ramirez's home run against Cortez wasn't even on the plate. It was inside. So good for him for being able to hit that as a home run. But the other two pitches were not great. And again, why would you call for the cutter if he already hit it off the cutter? I don't understand that. It seems, I don't know, maybe it's the Virgo brain that I have. It seems logical to not call for the cutter in that situation. But, you know, I mean, I'm not a baseball player. I'm not a catcher. So I don't know. So tonight, 7-10 start again. Yes, again. Jordan Montgomery against Shane Boz. Oh, the lineup is out. At least Tampa's lineup is out. Okay. 
So it'll be Yandi Diaz, Harold Ramirez, Jiman Choi, Randy Rosarena, Isaac Paredes, Francisco Mejia. There we go. Got it. Josh Lowe, Vidal Bruhan, Taylor Walls. Yankees don't have a lineup yet. So Montgomery's 3-1 with a 2.72 ERA, 56 strikeouts, and just over 72 innings. Shane Boz is 0-1 with a 5.40 ERA. He only just started pitching again. He had two starts. So against Montgomery, Mejia in five at-bats is batting 400, but he has a home run. Randy Rosarena, 15 at-bats. Only batting 200, but he has two home runs and four runs batted in against Jordan Montgomery. The Yankees haven't faced Boz a lot at all. Um, Anthony Rizzo, though, in one at bat, has a home run. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the rest of them, no. They haven't seen him. I'm still stuck on Kyle Higashioka calling for the cutter. After he already hit a cutter, I... Let me know how you feel about that. Let me know if I'm just being too, what's the word? Um, <laughs> like, it really is my Virgo brain thinking, why on earth would you do that? Like, why? Now, apparently, it wasn't just the fact that Nestor Cortez um, didn't perform up to his standards that the Yankees took him out so soon after only 63 pitches. They're trying to manage his workload, which is understandable. You don't want to work these guys too much. Cortez said, right now I'm concentrating on giving quality outings, quality innings. It doesn't matter if it's 100 or 200 pitches. I think they're asking for quality innings out of me. So I prepare every day as I do usually for every start moving forward. I'm going to prepare the same whether I have a short leash or a long leash. Last season, he had 93 innings in 22 games, 14 starts. And then he also pitched 15 innings in the minors, seven and one-third innings in spring training, which works out to a total of 115 and one-third. So I guess the Yankees want to be careful this season because he's already thrown 74 innings, and it's not even July. Um, Boone said that he acknowledged that the Yankees are conscious about keeping Cortez's tank-fueled. Brian Hoke wrote that lovely sentence right there. Boone said, maybe that comes into play a little bit today where he's struggling to find it a little bit. I'm not just going to push him through to navigate a heavy outing like that. I think Nestor's in a good place where we're certainly mindful of it. But at the same time, he's going out and doing what he does. He's going to routinely get us through those middle innings. Cortez said, Aaron Boone is the boss of that. I feel good body-wise. I feel great. My arm feels good. Mentally, I'm strong. I don't see why I can't go 150, 160, 170 innings. Oh, I had mentioned Ramirez's home run. Apparently, it's the softest hit home run in the StatCast era. So, <laughs> uh, good God. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention the... Uh, Paredes and Ramirez home runs were back-to-back off, off Cortez in case you missed it last night. So, yeah, it just, that wasn't fun. You kind of were like, oh, no, oh, no, this doesn't have a good feeling. This game does not have a good feel. Uh-oh. <laughs> 
Cortez said, I gave up a lot of hard contact, so I guess that was their game plan tonight. I didn't execute to where I wanted to execute. That was the biggest reason why you saw what happened today. If I executed better, it would have been a different story. Now, I know I joked about the Yankees losing two out of three and kind of freaking out about it, but it's their third loss in the last 20 games, okay? So, again, let's not panic. This just might be a little bit of a blip. And they're still in a very good position in the division. And, you know, it would be nice again if they could win tonight, win the series, and head back home on a positive note. I mean, I know Nestor's not going to come out and say, yeah, I sucked and I suck. He's not going to do that Um, because he didn't. It just it was just one of those days. It happens. Oh, yes, I forgot to mention this in the open and I wanted to talk about it because it's a big deal. We're going to talk about it in segment three. Judge and the Yankees are set to meet for their arbitration meeting. It was supposed to be tomorrow. It is pushed back to Friday. So we will talk about that in a moment. But first, as the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. And I know some people wonder if you can get a job on LinkedIn. Well, I'm here to tell you that I actually got a couple of writing gigs through LinkedIn. When I wrote for the Jeter magazine eight years ago, that was through LinkedIn. So it does work. You can get jobs on LinkedIn and you can find people for your jobs on LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at bluenile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind. Blue Nile is the original online jeweler. Since 1999, they've helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. So whether you're customizing an engagement ring or designing diamond stud earrings, online jeweler Blue Nile will allow you to create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine at a price that you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Not perfect? No problem. There's a 100% satisfaction guarantee, so you can shop stress-free with guaranteed free shipping and returns. 
Need your purchase fast? In most cases, Blue Nile can deliver overnight. Each order is insured and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. So make your moments sparkle with jewelry from Blue Nile and Locked On Yankees listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON. So shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Okay, so Yankees, judge, arbitration. Okay, so it's going to be a Zoom meeting. (laughs) And as I said, it's going to be on Friday. It was supposed to be tomorrow, right? Today's Wednesday. Yes. Okay. This week is going slow or fast. I don't know. I, I, I thought today was Thursday, but I did that last week too, and I don't know why. So there's a difference of $4 million between what Judge wants and what the Yankees want to give him. The $7 billion Yankees don't want to give Aaron Judge money. Do you know how much that annoys me? (laughs) It should annoy you too. Uh, Judge and his agent, Paige Odell, filed at $21 million while the club filed at $17 million. Judge said, I love this team. I love this organization and everything. But this is the business side of it that I don't like at times. I don't think a lot of people like it. I don't think the team likes it. You have to go through. You have to handle it. And you move on. Right now, Judge is leading the league with 25 home runs and 55 runs scored in 65 games. Now, the arbitration's panel decision should not incorporate arguments from the 2022 campaign because this is setting his 2022 salary. Judge slash 287, 373, 544 with 39 home runs and 98 runs batted in in 148 games for the Yankees last season. He was selected as an all-star for the third time, got his second Silver Slugger award, placed fourth in the MVP race behind Otani and Vlad Jr., and I can't remember who was third. On opening day, Judge turned down a seven-year, $213.5 million extension that would have set his salary for 2022 at 17. And he's eligible for free agency after this season, and he figures to be in line for a massive deal. Not surprising. He does not believe the contract situation has impacted his play so far this season. He said, I'm not really motivated by that kind of stuff. I'm more motivated by the type of team we've got, the special talent we have here, and the opportunity we have ahead of us. I just try to keep focusing on that, and it makes it pretty easy to block this other stuff with the business side out. Aaron Boone said, whatever happens there, I know what Aaron's focus is, and I know what he wants to accomplish. I don't expect anything to get in the way of that. Can I just say that I'm actually shocked that he didn't call him judgy? I find it so funny that they call him judgy. I can't help it. Every time I hear someone say it, who was it? Last week, someone was talking about him in a post-game interview, and he called him judgy like three different times, and I just found that so amusing. So, oh, yes. Okay, the Yankees have not... I was going to bring this up anyway, but thank you, Brian Hoke, for writing about it in your article. The Yankees have not participated in an arbitration hearing since 2017 when they were victorious over reliever Dellen Batances, who sought $5 million and received $3 million. Batances, who participated in his hearing, was irked after team president Randy Levine blasted the request as having no bearing in reality. Do you remember that whole mess? Do you remember it? I remember it. Yeah. Judge said... He just didn't like how the process went. 
and he kind of mixed personal feelings with business. He gave a lot to this organization, and the numbers he put up for quite a few years, even though he wasn't a closer, he did a lot of special things. Maybe he thought he should get reciprocated for that, but it didn't happen. Judge said that he's spoken to some players who went through the arbitration process and hated it. Others told Judge that it was actually kind of good to hear what they say about me. Not if it's Randy Levine. Judge said that he would prefer to be in a physical room for the hearing, but he plans to take in every word. Judge said, I'm going to introduce myself to the arbitrators, then sit back and let my team do the work. I swear to God, if something comes out where Randy Levine says something nasty about Aaron Judge, I'm going to be on this show ranting about it because I have no patience for that. Because what they did to Patances was complete and utter BS. Because I can't curse. I want to curse. And I think I was once told that the Yankees PR department is aware of me. And I thought to myself, uh-oh, probably because I've trashed Randy Levine in the past. I actually wrote some stuff about him when I was a baseball writer because I wasn't happy with the way he was acting about certain things. And uh, yeah, when they say they're aware of you, that's not a good thing. <laughs> okay, so look for that Friday. I'm sure we'll find out what was said if it gets leaked, like with the Patances stuff. And, you know, hopefully if it doesn't work out for Judge, it doesn't affect him. By all the quotes I just read, it sounds like it's not going to affect him if it turns out badly. But you never know. He could just be saying all this and then, you know, get really pissy. But then again, maybe if he gets pissy, that'll work in his favor and our favor. Because then he'll just club the snot out of the ball for the remainder of the season and hit 60 home runs. Wouldn't that be fun and help the Yankees win a lot more games? So I don't know. Do we want it to be good or do we want it to be bad? It could be where if it works out well, he still does well. But if it turns out to not be good, he could get angry and hit the crap out of the ball. See, I don't know what I want. So leave a comment on YouTube or tweet at us and let me know what you think. Do you want it to be bad so he can get angry and hit the crap out of the ball? Or do you want it to be good so he can just be happy and hit the crap out of the ball? Yeah. So on tomorrow's show, it'll be a recap of tonight's game between Jordan Montgomery and Shane Boz and a preview of the four-game set with the Astros that begins tomorrow because, again, the Yankees are not off till the 4th of July. It's a lot. It's a lot. So that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, like and comment, hit the bell. And when you get into your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Yankees. For your second listen, the first picks of the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft have been made. Search now for Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and get over 50 insiders, the Odyssey sports experts, and the draft experts of Locked On NBA Big Board. The five-episode Ultimate NBA Mock Draft is underway, so make the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft your second listen today. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We'd really appreciate it. So enjoy your Wednesday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.